Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Hedy coming to you live from Orange County, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. One of the productions of ResurrectMinistry.com. <laughs> I can't do that nearly as, as enthusiastic as you, but I'll try. Uh, it is our website where we have all of our online ministry content, whether it's this show or Andy's Fearless Man podcast. We also have Bible resources, worship bands to listen to. Um, a lot of cool stuff. Just check it out. You could drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. And you could also partner with us, donate um, a gift of any amount. We'd be truly blessed. Yeah. Help us keep up with our technology costs and all the other cool stuff that we do. I love that on the show that I'm, I'm it appears that I'm taller than you. Yeah. And um, I, it looks like we're very pink. What? Yeah. Color's a little weird. Yeah, looks perfectly fine to me. Not that anybody on the podcast would know. As long as we don't look like orange, like, you know. Orange man? The former president. <laughs> it's a little Trump joke. We're going to be hearing lots of Trump jokes in the next two years. Yes. Uh, hey, Carrie News. Nice Hi, to Carrie. see you. I love all that. There's a, there's a... Yeah, and hearts, and it's awesome. Yeah. Folks, just prepare to put your thinking caps on. Yeah. This devotional is a little complicated. And make sure and comment when you come on and just say hi and uh, let us know where you're watching from and give us any feedback as to what it is you're getting from this devotional. Because like Eddie said, this is this one's a little tricky. So uh, we're reading from Charles Spurgeon for January 30th. Uh, morning by morning is the devotional. The reference is 2 Samuel 5.24. that says, as soon as you're, as soon as you, Hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees move quickly. Charles Spurgeon says, Members of Christ's church should be very prayerful, always seeking the anointing and power of the Holy One to rest upon their hearts so his kingdom may come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as those times come when it appears God is especially favoring his army of Zion, they should be treated as the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees. It is then we should be doubly prayerful and earnest, wrestling before God's throne with more intensity than usual. Our actions should then be immediate and energetic. And because the tide is flowing, we should powerfully row for the shore. Oh, how we need to, the outpouring of the, of the power of Pentecost and its resulting effective labor for Christ. Dear Christian, there are times in your own life when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees. At those times, you have unmistakable power in prayer. The Spirit of God gives you deep joy and delight. The scriptures appear fully open to you. God's promises are applied to your life. You walk in the light of God's countenance. You have a distinct and refreshing freedom and liberty in your quiet times of devotion, and you experience more intimate communion with Christ than usual. Therefore, when, the, when those joyous times of hearing the sound of the marching in the tops of the balsam trees appear, stir yourself to action. It is time to rid yourself of any evil habit while the Spirit helps you in your weakness. So spread your sail to the wind, but remember the words of this song. I can only spread the sail, but you must breathe the auspicious gale. Amazing words from 
Augustus Montague, top lady, <laughs> somewhere between the, the years 1740 and 1778. Wow. Isn't that amazing <laughs> that something over 200 years old is still today? Yep. It's awesome. Just be sure to raise your sail, not missing the gale through a lack of preparation for it. Seek God's help that you may be all the more earnest in serving him once your faith is strengthened, that you are especially devoted to prayer during those times of increased liberty before his throne, and that your conversation will be more and more holy while you experience these more intimate times with Christ. Funny enough, if I'm reading this right, mm -hmm. I I think I got a little bit of the sound of the marching in the balsam trees last night. You really? I think so. How so? So we had our home church last night, and we had a very eclectic uh, group of people. Um, some some people that have been there before, but we had a few people that have never been there before. Right. And they were obviously from different um, faiths, kind of. I guess not faiths, but different denominations. denominations. That's a better word. Thank you. Um, and different points in their, points in their, their walk of uh, with God. And, you know, uh, Catholics, Lutherans, Lutherans, recovering Catholics, recovering Catholics. <laughs> and you were so you, you spoke first and had quite a an interesting talk about communion. And you pointed out something that I, I guess I just never realized that there's six different times in the Bible that. that Do my flesh, drink my blood. <laughs> the Lord is quite explicit. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I only thought it was once, like during the, the supper. <laughs> well, it's the supper, but it's recounted four times yeah, in the gospel I, I, and I, then brought up again by Paul. I did not. So then when it came to me and my time, after even other people spoke, and some people spoke very powerfully yes. about what it is they got from your talk, and even one person spoke about something completely unrelated related i'm not sure how that came about but i will i think I she just wanted to confess her sins oh like she just wanted he let me say confess your sins to one another and you shall find healing yeah i think that's what she was i think that's what she was looking for it was deep it was a very awesome experience we missed you jen yes <laughs> so there, i want i don't want to say there was a little panic there was just a little bit of like wow i hope what i have to say even connects or matches or won't be so out of place and yet, the marching of the of the of the of the sounds in the balsam trees, the marching of the the army, uh -huh. came through, because there was some stuff that came to me just out of the blue, not out of the blue, but out of out of the sky. Okay, I'm I'm getting you now. So you're meaning like you you heard the prompting of the Lord and you just went for it. And I went for it. Yeah. And then it gave me some stuff that I had not even even had thought about before. It, it just was. Coming out of my mouth. Again? Coming out of my mouth. Those, hey. And it was some things that I thought were important for me to share that I, I previously had a uh, adversarial relationship with God as a Christian, as a, I called it a kino, Christian in name only. <laughs> Sounds really bad, doesn't it? Um, and I almost like I had to confess you know, that, that that's where my walk was. And that's why maybe I had read the Bible and not heard the things that I hear now. That's why I'm, I'm, it's almost like I'm reading scripture for the very first time because now my relationship is of a loving relationship. Yes. Not of an adversarial relationship. 
So there was this like this, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I understand this. This is so much better. And I feel like I'm walking with an army now where before I was walking, walking alone. That's what you take in the wrestling with the trees. Yes. That's, awesome. that's what I got. And I don't even know if it has anything that. to do with it, but that's what I got. I love that. Well, the way I, I take what you're saying is Spurgeon's advice here is when you hear the sound and Carrie's asking, what is the sound? We looked it up. We spent a lot, uh, quite a bit of time before in the commentaries trying to figure out what is the sound. And basically it's, it's a reference to the fact that because these prophets, many of them were, quite devoted to the Lord and could hear the Lord and the Lord would speak directly. They, they were going into battle. King David was going into battle and the Lord told him, wait, wait until you hear the sound of the marching of the balsam trees and then attack from the front. And so apparently it was a heavenly sound. They weren't literally on top of the trees. It was a rustling, this wind sound that they heard um, that signified to them it was time to attack. Now, it uh, we didn't read enough to know whether that sound actually ended up confusing the opposite ar army, but nonetheless, David was victorious. Almost like making it sound like the army was larger than it actually was. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was it was that, or it was simply a signal to David to know when to start. Mm. Um, we didn't get far enough, I think, to actually you know come to some conclusion about what the commentators say. But the point is that when you feel that. Uh, I don't know, special anointing from the Lord uh, it is the time in which you should stir yourself to action. And it's the time in which you, you try to recover from weaknesses. Like he's saying, try to rid yourself of evil habits. When you feel particularly close to the Lord, that's the time when you should go for it because there's a clarity of purpose. There is a drive. There's a holiness that you're feeling mm. and that's the time to go for it. And so I take away from what you said is that there was just this clarity last night. There was just this, this presence of the, of the Lord that um, gave you a clarity that made you just say, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And mm -hmm. this is my cue. Yeah. This is my cue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard some rustling. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And Carrie does point out that uh, there's, different names for this tree down there at the bottom balsam tree in israel is a mulberry tree oh uh, and there's heard, more than that yeah there's a poplar tree <laughs> poplar they, yeah they call this tree by a lot of names but mulberries is interesting because we also have mulberry trees in iran it's a i've never noticed fresh mulberry here in the states uh but it's a very interesting fruit have you ever had mulberries nope they are like um minuscule little grapes but not as sweet. It's like literally a little grape thing, but mm. it's this big. Mm. Imagine a whole bunch of grapes that's only that big. So like microscopic little dots, but yeah. it tastes really yummy. Yeah, so right here, that's baca shrubs, a plant resembling the balsam. Uh, what else was there? There was a couple different names for it. Now I can't find them. Yeah, they jumped the, out at me before. Like the mulberry trees. Can I go yeah. through something else? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So there is this... Um, a description of when he says that you feel particularly close to the Lord. Uh, and I don't know if I've ever had all of these all at once, but I just love this description. So it's when you have an unmistakable power in prayer, the spirit of God gives you deep joy and delight. The scripture appear fully open to you. Like the understanding comes through loud and clear. 
God's promises are applied to your life. You feel the fulfillment of God's promises. You walk in the light of God's countenance. Oh, I love that one. Walking in the light of God's countenance. So like you, you literally feel that his presence is so profound with you that it, it shines a light. And that you have a distinct and refreshing freedom and liberty in your quiet times of devotion. And you have intimate communion with Christ. Mm-hmm. More than usual. That's when you hear the sound of the marching of the balsam on the top of the balsam mm-hmm. tree. Oh, that's a that's a pretty deep, that's a pretty deep uh, explanation. I was telling you earlier. I was like, I feel this clarity. Like I was feeling this sense of, um, I, I don't. I, I guess clarity is the best way to describe it. But the, this description uh, that Spurgeon gives is just spectacular. Well, the intimate communion reminded me of your talk last night about communion, communion. and understanding the, the the meaning behind the bread and the the wine and the body of Christ and the blood of Christ and how we're taking that in to ourselves. But it's more it's like it's it's a way of of um, just coming closer to God. Yes, fellowship, like fellowship. literally experiencing the direct contact with the Lord Jesus Christ through those elements is having the faith to realize that those elements have a transformative power Mm -hmm. because we believe that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is in us. How did it get there? You know, we believe in the supernatural. So Mm -hmm. if we believe the spirit can dwell in us, we believe that we have the blood of Christ and we believe we'll ascend and join him. Um, in the heavens, we can't believe that he can transform um, a piece of bread and wine drunk in a ceremony in his honor, as he has instructed us to do six different times. <laughs> he can't transform that into his blood and body. Mm. He can do anything. He can do anything. Yeah. He can do anything. Hello, Michael. Hi, didn't, Michael. Didn't, didn't Thanks for saying hi. And we have Jan who said hi. And uh, Carrie's saying, yeah, some days I look tan. I actually look pink today to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the, the camera makes adjustments according to what color. Yeah, maybe uh, it's your shirt. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably my shirt. It's bouncing off your shirt onto my yeah. face. Carrie's <laughs> <laughs> saying she gets the point but wants to hear the sound. Yeah, yeah for sure. Hey, Lisa. Um, I had that as God helped me fight cancer. Oh, mm. that clarity. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And he says, hello, an encounter of the first kind. It kind of reminds me, I was trying to avoid saying, because I've talked about that time uh, in the hospital when I had COVID, uh-huh. but I think I heard the sound of the, of the marching on the, yeah, on the, I'm going to say mulberry. Oh, I'm the mulberry. Geez. Yeah. Because <laughs> there, there was just this calmness, this, uh, that uh, I wasn't, um, I wasn't marching alone. I was marching with the army of God through that, uh, through, through the awesome. ailment that I was going through. Yeah. Jan says. Hello from my hubby, Jim. Nice to meet you, Jim. Hello, Jim. I wish this camera yeah. worked two ways. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're here and joining yes. us. Thank you for joining us. Um, what other times do you think? Do you think you heard it when... Um, you took your head covering off, but just didn't, I mean, yeah, from, <laughs> oh, from uh, leaving Islam to uh, joining. I don't 
think so. God, I, I didn't. The meet, real God. I, I didn't meet Jesus at that time, so hmm. I was on a one-way track to no man's land, <laughs> as far as I was concerned at that time. But uh, no, there's I, there's definitely moments in my life where I could feel uh, that clarity. Actually, I felt it last night. Yeah. When you're in the zone. You were definitely in the zone. Yeah, it's like a Jesus zone. You know, you were speaking like you were on a microphone with no microphone. <laughs> you were like hand motions. <laughs> Your pillow fell off. Uh, it was like there was all kinds of stuff going on. Oh my gosh, it was something else. We missed you, Jan. Yeah, we um, talked about communion. Yeah, just oh, we also talked about the sounds of heaven and the revelation we did. that the Lord gave yeah. me about that. It was just it was spectacular so yeah it there's is it it's just an awesome thing when we have those moments of clarity and closeness nearness proximity to the lord so grateful for it and here's another time i know i've read second samuel before and i have no recollection of there being anything to do with the sounds of marching oh, or I don't remember that phrase either yeah so wow but there were there were a lot of during these times like whether it's joshua or um, Elijah, Eli Elisha, that God did these amazing miracles for them. You know, he, he literally, when he told them, I will fight the battle for you, he literally fought the battle for them. Uh, and so actually when they talk about it, it was Elijah's servant that was very, very afraid when they were about to go in the battle. And, and Elijah just prayed fervently that the Lord would let him see what was on the mountains. Mm. And suddenly he had the vision of the army like a vast army of angels on horses of god's <laughs> army that was there and he it was just the first time he got to see that and you think well if elijah could pray for his servant to see that elijah must have saw that all the time mm. you know that he knew enough to pray for him to be able to see it yep uh and just and how how we go through this world without not realizing how close we are to the other realm and how it, this this isn't something that just could have happened back then. It could still happen today. And maybe for some people, it still does happen today. <laughs> you think? I do. Absolutely. Did we read uh, Matthew 6.10? No. Uh, that's also a reference in the devotional that says, Your kingdom come, <laughs> your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will. Your will. How come it's not? Whose will? God's will. How come it's not capitalized? Your. Uh, I think this is a, because this is not, and Matthew is not the only time it's brought up, so I think it's paraphrasing. Hmm. Uh, and this is how you should pray, our Father. Yeah, it's in quotes. Oh, okay. And it's only a partial quote. That's why it's missing. Thought maybe I was missing something. I ended, uh, we didn't read the, for, the full. Oh, the Samuel. full one. Yeah. yeah. So the full um, verse to Samuel 524 is, and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching on the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly for then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. Mm. And it's this communion that David had with God where he loved God so much. God described him as a man after his own heart that he would say something that David 
in the in the early time was so used to being dependent on the Lord that he wouldn't do anything without asking. And because he was so dedicated to asking, God always answered. And then he did what God said, and God always made him victorious. You see that cycle? Instead of being in a negative cycle, he was always in he was usually, definitely not always for David, but he was usually in this cycle of victory and obedience and obedience and victory and surrender and obedience and victory. It was it was a constant um, communion with God that made him so powerful. Right. Until he broke the chain and did all these kind of like shenanigans. Shenanigans. And the one time he went to battle without talking to God first right. and uh, came back and everything was gone. Right. The, the women and the children. Men, Yep. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I told you. Yeah, a couple of wacky things. <laughs> For sure. Uh, let's read. Would you mind reading what Jim has to say, who is um has his little commentary. part here? His yeah. commentary, yeah. The story of David in 2 Samuel 5, 22 to 25 is an amazing story of hearing and trusting the Lord. Yet another king once had the opportunity to trust God to go before him into battle in an even greater way. When three armies amassed against Israel, the Lord told Jehoshaphat, the battle is not yours, but God's. You will not have to fight this battle. Then, as God's people began to sing in praise, the Lord defeated their enemies. No one had escaped. Oh, Father, I desire to know you so intimately that I can hear your army on the top of the trees. And grant me the faith to sing in praise before the battle. <laughs> Amen. That was Jim's prayer. You know, we have the kids that we are teaching at uh, the Liberty Ed, yes, the high school, class. tomorrow's class. Are you coming with me? I might. And um, I need you to help me with the stories. One thing I've been really trying to um, to always include is that they continue in their faith. Not, not that I'm thinking that they won't, but you know, people kind of come in and out. Sure, especially young people. That um, if they choose whatever it is they choose, uh, but especially if they choose being in law enforcement or even going to the military, that taking that faith with them into that profession Absolutely. and make it a part of their duty, their sense of duty, their sense of duty will be so much better than without, uh, right. you know, it, it, see, it seems like yeah. you should, it should go without saying, but I think I just always want to remind them that don't, don't, uh, don't go into battle without God. Just move the camera. <laughs> oh. No, it's so true. And it makes that whole sense of duty. I, you wonder how people are in service professions with no faith. Mm. Like where does, of course, the Lord puts in everybody's heart this a conscience, but it must be so much harder to have a sense of duty if you don't have some connection to whatever you believe to be God, even if it's not the real God. But yep. it must be much more difficult for those people to... We saw what could happen in uh, in, Mem right. in Memphis, right? Uh, so. uh, Carrie says God does amazing things for us most of the time, but we have our eyes closed. Yes, wish we could see it more. The footprint yeah. prayer is a story of my life. Amen. Hmm. And Carrie says hi, Lisa. <laughs> um, when you were in uh, Syria, Syria. During those, uh, I was in both, so Lebanon, Lebanon or Syria. When you nearly didn't, uh, you, you barely escaped with your life. Lebanon. Lebanon. Um, you were a, a Muslim at the time, right? right? Um, 
Did you did you pray to Allah to get Oh, you out of that situation? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I made sajda when I landed in Syria. Huh? I put my head on the ground and prayed and cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. so, so my question is, uh, in doing that, what did you hear anything or feel anything, or was it? I, I'm just wondering, what what differences it is to in those moments of of despair or even like victory, and you, as a Muslim, pray to Allah. What happens? So to be honest with you, Yeah. I'm being honest to everybody for the first time. It's a very difficult conversation for me Yeah. because, <laughs> oh, sorry. because I, I heard a lot and I saw a lot, including dreams and visions and I seen demons and angels and you name it. I was in a seclusion for 40 days with no food, with uh, just a bowl of lentil soup. So I saw a lot. And so now coming to terms with that was basically... So that was all demons. Like I literally spent 20 years with demons. I still don't have an answer from the Lord on exactly what in the world I was experiencing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I can't tell you the exact voice that I heard, but there were a lot of what I thought to be heavenly voices, what I thought to be divine voices. But to, right now I can't tell you what they were, um, but it was actually quite strange. For example, one of the ones was people constantly told me, as, as it says in the Bible, people would do to pray in the name of Jesus for healing so that I would heal people in Jesus' name. I was scared to death. I could never do it. People like, well, What's wrong with you? Why couldn't you do that? And I was like, there was something sacred about that that I could not violate. And other people had no problem doing that at all. And it's just like this, the Lord says that people will come to me in, the, in that day and say, Lord, Lord, but we prophesied and we healed in your name. And. And he says, get away from me. I did not know you. Uh, so I think that's, that happens all the time, but it's something I could not do. So I know the Lord was with me, but I don't know which events were from him and which were from the enemy. Some are clearly one or the other, but, I, but there's a whole swath of stuff in the middle that I don't know what it was. Hmm. <laughs> Is there something uh, to be said about when I'm not sure which one of our pastors that we follow said this, but uh, said that the, um, the devil will often be something very bright and beautiful Jackson and Good shiny. Speaking. Oh, did he? Yes. And so you have to be careful Yes. so that you will get the sense that there's something, oh, there's this something so beautiful happening right now. Yes. And it's actually from the devil. That's Yes. so scary because then how are you supposed to know? Yes. It's <laughs> you, you have you to have get to be right with God in order to know the difference. If you're not, then it, it, Absolutely. it will... It will get And that hold happens of you. to Christians all the time. I heard from God this, and it, it was not God. Because remember, it could be Satan, your flesh, or the Lord. So you're constantly forced to test the spirits and discern which one is it actually, is it, is it really actually me talking to me? <laughs> you know, Hmm. Yeah. like giving your desires, or has the enemy purposely planted and whispered a thought that's making you think that that's God? You know, we give the, the devil too much credit sometimes. A lot of times it's from our own desires. <laughs> <laughs> True. but it could possibly be from him and then third is no it is a prompting from the lord but Yeah, it's a it reminds me of the story that that Jack, Pastor Jack Hibbs, said. I hope he doesn't mind me telling the story. But he said um, it publicly right no, well, it was publicly, but in oh a in bones in a private, yeah. Um, just that he got a, a check, a very large check, oh yeah you mentioned like that before like six figures, maybe larger. 
and uh, he couldn't be sure that it was from God, and so he gave it back. Like that's testing the spirits. You can't say in def uh, mm. definitively one or the other, and it's a major life choice. Then you just don't do anything. We've done that many times when we think we're supposed to do something, but we're not sure. We just don't move. Mm. Say so if you don't hear from the Lord, then wait till you do. That's pretty challenging for people. Like at the time, he, uh, I think they were just getting ready to build the church. They were just getting ready to break ground, and right. they really didn't have everything that they needed. It was it was during some period of time where they were they were short or they needed, they and here and here know. came this big check. And he go, and even in the time of the need, he didn't even. He said, "I know it. I don't know. If this is from God," and just tossed it away. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just wondering how many times, you know, gosh, that you are in need. You're, maybe you're coming up on on uh, rent, and you don't have enough to get, you know, to get rent. And if you get that amount, and you're not sure it's from God, but I think how, those challenges are different. Hmm. See, I think. When people are struggling financially and their friends or somebody reaches out out of nowhere and gives you money, I don't think most people doubt that. I think Jack's, uh, Pastor Jack's situation was different. It was a mystery check. It was a mystery check, and it was to the church. Mm. It was to the church to help build the church. And so it was so large and so anonymously strange that it seemed like it could be some kind of a ploy. Mm. And I think that that's different than a, an, an individual person, you know, being generous or being anonymously generous to another person because they know they're in need. Hmm. I don't know. To me, it seems slightly different. I don't know if you all have a different opinion. but yeah. It's an interesting discussion, though, that we're having. <laughs> for us. I don't know if it is for you guys. Yeah. Very <laughs> saying, I'm a 50-year-old oh, daughter, left the church last year, Wick, after being in a woman. Be after being in women's leadership at the church. So sorry oh. to hear that, Carrie. Uh, we had that discussion, I, though, I think just the other day. Remember about the, the worship leaders and pastors who suddenly leave the church, like I'm no longer a Christian. Yes. It's just um, uh, you got to wonder what, what was going on with your daughter um, that made it so easy for that to happen. Like what? Don't you think it would be something that we would have to try to figure out um, that there's something before that happened? Oh, for sure. Some kind yeah. of church hurt or yeah. something. Yeah. We'll be praying for her, Carrie, that, you know, that she will come back a prodigal and come back to the Lord. Oh. Uh, and she cut all communication. I'm so sorry to hear that. That must be very, very difficult. I, I struggle with my daughter a lot, so I could just imagine. I could just imagine. So. We uh, we're praying for you, Carrie. Yeah, my oldest her. my oldest daughter too. Um, uh, I you know I have my thoughts on on how that happened, but it's um, you know you just got to keep praying that they will somewhere they will make a connection with God. The good news is I think my daughter, my oldest daughter, um, has surrounded her herself with people that are believers. Like, <laughs> that's ironic yeah and, and at some point well, I'm but open. they're all like believers who are denying being believers too <laughs> yeah right yeah they're closer to god than she is right and so let's just hope that maybe something will break through one of these days where yeah. it'll bring her closer to god and uh 
And then again, she comes here now and sees us and hears us talk and, and is a little bit like she's, I see that look on her face kind of like, who are you? And what'd you do with my dad? <laughs> it's very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's praying for yes, uh, Carrie. Yep. Saying, praying for you and her Carrie. Yes. It's a, especially at 50 years old. I mean, I can imagine after just teenage years, you, you labor and toil for these children, you know, and it's just the, the uh, wanting what's best for them. And then realizing at the end, it's just not, it's just not in your control, hmm. you know, um, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Well, you know, you had the NFL who, uh, the national football league who, um, in previous years have just shown that they've, they've fallen away from any closeness to God. And I, I know that's very broad because we're talking about football players that, uh, that are Christians, but as far as the, the industry itself, mm-hmm. and then you have a, a, a player who, whose uh, heart fails, whether it's due to a hit or whatever. And then suddenly you see the people that were not praying and not, publicly praying and and now all of a sudden like 30 and 40 men are on a knee in the middle of the field praying and so sometimes it takes these things and these connections for for somebody to finally feel like you know what we uh, there has to be a god there's so awesome you know and it'll begin to pull people out of the the darkness and into the light that sometimes it takes takes some near tragedy or a tragedy uh, yes. to bring some people unfortunately to bring people to god we but we see that all the time yes but if it can happen to an entire industry like the nfl across the league in uh, all these different games are going on at the time that people were taking a knee there were signs being held up pray for uh you know the player i can't remember his name right now uh pray for the player um prayers uh you know on social media everybody calling for prayer it was so crazy because just the year before they were uh, condemning, uh, you know, certain players that would take a knee at the end zone and that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, a coach in a, in a high school uh, got fired because he prayed, you know, with his players. And then all of a sudden just one guy goes well, down. It's a constitutional case to be able to pray on the yeah. field now. So crazy how that can. So if that can happen, maybe it could happen with your 50 year old daughter. Yes, Bring her back so to let's, God. Let's pray. Yep. Uh, Carrie, can you tell me the name of your daughter too, so we could pray? Uh, Jan's asking us to pray for her husband too. Hmm. Uh, when you see Carrie's daughter's name come up, will you just say it for me? Yep. Okay. Uh, dear Lord, thank hmm. you. We we're so grateful for her faith, for the power of the blood, Lord, the power of the blood that curses through our veins and makes us whole, redeems us, and resurrects us, Lord, and we. We want that for all of our family and our, our neighbors, our towns, our cities, our communities, Lord. You wish that none should perish, and, and neither do we, Lord. We want that they all shall answer the call of salvation for every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you, that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord. And we want, we want them to be able to join in the happiness that comes from faith, Lord. And so we ask, we Rico. ask, Rako. So we ask for you to remind Reiko of your loving embrace, of your gentle touch, of your joy and your peace that passes all understanding. At one point, she walked with you, Lord, and she knew that feeling, Lord. And we just ask that you remind her of that feeling. There, 
so many distractions, the distractions that are causing all kinds of chaos in all of our lives, Lord. So we ask that you bind the enemy, that you bind the enemy out of our lives, wherever he tries to wreak havoc in Reiko and Carrie's life, trying to take, take her to a false religion, for Jan and Jim that are constantly causing health problems, Lord, we ask that you bind the enemy, cast them away from our homes, that you do not allow them to attack our, our being, our well-being, our physical well-being, our emotional well-being, our spiritual well-being, Lord, that we wear the full armor of God. That we wear the full armor of God every single place that we go, that we shall not be attacked as the royal priesthood of God, that we have a protection that protects our heart that reminds us that we are saved. We have the breastplate of righteousness that reminds us that we have the righteousness of Christ that lives within us, that we have a girdle of truth that reminds us of the truth of the gospel, the sandals of peace, that when the enemy attacks, we stand our ground, Lord. You haven't told us to defeat the enemy. We are just to stand, to stand our ground, Lord, and that we hold a shield of faith so when the fiery darts of the enemy attack, it does not hit us. It hits the shield, Lord, and that we take the sword of the spirit, which is the true, infallible, inerrant word of the gospel. And that is how we defeat our enemies, Lord. And we ask that you put all of us, each and every one of us in that armor so that every sickness is repelled, every confusion is repelled, every misunderstanding, anger, just all kinds of chaos that's in our lives, Lord, that it is you loosen, you loosen your joy and your peace and your protection and your warring angels and your ministering angels that remind us to stay on the straight path, that you will make the crooked path straight, that you will tell us which way to go. And we rely on that, Lord. We surrender. We offer our lives as a living sacrifice. It's you alone that we worship. Thank you for making us Christians, Lord. Thank you for making us followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Tova. Tova the Swedish with the Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> she had a disagreement with the Chihuahua, mm. and it's under the covers. The Chihuahuas are argumentative dogs. Right? Yeah, they're very argumentative. Yeah, they're, rah, 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 rah. they're just they're, they're, they're very barky. And uh, yeah, amen. 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 Yes. Hey, Cindy, nice to see you. How'd your uh, message go yesterday? Yes. How was service yesterday? Was it yesterday? Yeah, Sunday. <laughs> Lost track of time. It's got, it's just funny because our eclectic group at, at our home church <clears throat> yesterday, it's sometimes. Sometimes you don't know how to keep the group together, you know, because you're like, this is, this is so many different, there's so many different people, but how do you keep um, a synergy in the room, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so I hope that came across. I hope that was, I hope we were able to accomplish that. It's kind of like these devotionals. I'm going one way, Andy's going another way. Our audience members are going a different way. <laughs> Hopefully, somehow, there's some synergy in all of this. <laughs> Something that makes sense. Carrie says, bossy babies, those chihuahuas. <laughs> yes, they are. My grandmother had chihuahuas. I had one chihuahua in particular in one of my group classes when I you know, trained pet dogs. And um, Did you want to quit? 
No, it was the most amazing little chihuahua. It was so obedient I and it would sit and down. It, it was like the craziest thing. I'm going, what? And she's she's walking like, and there's a shepherd like right next to it, like this huge hundred pound shepherd and this little maybe five pound chihuahua out doing the shepherd. Aww. The person would stop. We do what's called an auto sit. You don't say sit. You just stop and the dog sits and you start walking without saying heel and the dog should heal. Um, and then if you leave with your right leg, the dog is supposed to stay. The Chihuahua was blowing the class away. It was, <laughs> it was the craziest thing. I remember it was a little light tan colored Chihuahua. And was it connected to some kind of discipline of the owner? It really is. I mean, it's the the connection with the owner. The the owner had a loving and respectful relationship. That wasn't one that you know. Usually, Chihuahuas they get picked up too much, and they 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 are allowed to be obnoxious because every time they are, then people end up picking them up, which is essentially re rewarding, like the, rewarding the bad behavior, yeah. which causes more and more of it to happen. The, this couple treated the dog like you would a German shepherd and, <laughs> and the, and the Chihuahua responded. It was, it was pretty amazing. I just, I'm always reminded of that, that couple and that dog uh, that was just like, everybody in the class was like, going, Oh my gosh, that is the craziest thing we've ever seen. Never seen a Chihuahua. So obedient. Sorry, Interesting. just took me back. See, God gives me different things than you. God rarely gives you a dog story. Oh. <laughs> I don't have many dog stories. Lisa says, she feels the synergy here. Oh, yes. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you, Lisa. And oh, and Cindy says, service was really good. Holy Spirit was amazing. Oh, that's Love awesome. Jesus so much. And oh, she did so communion, right? You did communion yesterday. And you guys did communion too. Yeah. Awesome. It was a communion day yesterday. And uh, Lisa says, yes, Carrie, hoping we can make it to their home again. Yes, ladies, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Cindy says, our puppy's having some potty success, fetching a ball, listening to some <laughs> up and playing. That's Yay. fantastic. <laughs> yes. And then she was having. Um, uh, the dog is a big chicken. Chicken face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not. Oh, the, the hard uh, wood floors and linoleum was scary. Yeah, a lot of dogs have that issue. It's a sight thing that I um, determined. It's not necessarily a feel thing. So shiny and slick floors with dogs, uh -huh. they come in and they, <laughs> they go sliding. No, they stop and they go, oh, I don't want to walk. And they, they either walk like along the wall. It's like water? It, yeah, it, they, it's, um, it's odd. They, when they look at it, what we determined is that this vision they they're, they're not sure if it even is there like it's yeah like it doesn't like exist what? and so they tend to walk against the wall along the wall or they go from you know they they jump from carpet to carpet you know and in order to try to avoid it <laughs> you know little rug little yeah. throw rug um but yeah my police dog used to walk along the walls in the beginning I had to had to get it over get him over it but you turn off the lights and they walk on it you turn the lights on and they, they don't, they can't walk on it. It's a reflection. Yeah, yeah. it's a reflection. That's interesting. Yep. Okay. <laughs> is it? I think we did. Is it that. though? I mean, not really. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. <laughs> <laughs> and Sydney said, yes, she did communion. That's fantastic. Uh, she just sits and cries. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Use um, uh, you've probably already done this, Tuva, but uh, just take a, some treats and put them where the carpet ends and the slick floor starts. Take a treat and put it a couple inches in, and then the dog will lean over and then take it, and then the next one put four inches in onto the slick floor, and just keep doing that. And don't no pressure. What we tend to do is pressure the dog to go on the slick floors. You want the dog to make the choice to go on the slick floors. Oh, 
And just, so I would just throw the dog. Out. That's what that's what a lot of people would do. You're not the only one. Okay. <laughs> I've had dogs with problems with stairs, dogs with problems with floors, and it's it's one of those things you have to take your time with. It could take a few days to get even like a, a foot, but once you get the foot, then and why can't you just force them? It, it, that sometimes works, but sometimes you'll just completely repel them from it, you know, altogether. If if it goes horribly wrong, it's oh, much no. better. Because they hit their chin on the, they slick and their their paws go out and they hit their chin, or hit their oh. groin if it's a boy. Oh, does that happen? Yes, yes. Like a Scooby Doo. Oh my gosh, I've seen it all. I've, oh. I've seen so much. A lot of the uh, police dogs are often forced to do something, and it then it, it takes longer, and then sometimes you've ruined them, and they won't they won't uh, attempt it again. But um, oh, she's upset when she won't take treats. But I read that on YouTube. Oh. Um, there's got to be something that the, that the dog loves. It, maybe it's you, and sometimes you may have to sit uh, on the slick floor. Like um, and the dog, and, but don't reach out for the dog. The dog has to come to you, and when it does, you praise it and and just take your time, just like one step at a time, and and don't be afraid to take a couple days uh, to do that. Sorry, you have to send me a check for a hundred dollars. That's <laughs> that's how much I charge for this type of advice. <laughs> Um, let's see. Once you, yep. Once you take your time and gain trust, it keeps getting easier. It's just like human beings. Yeah, for sure. All right. Anything else, my love? No, I think. You want some more dog training? No, that's you sure? Dog training. No, I got some no, more stuff. Time, time to relax. Now. I got. I got more dog training. I've been sitting on a chair for many, many hours. <laughs> my lower back's at it. Hey, Jim. What do you think of uh, the devotional? It's <laughs> like, so I'm thinking of Chan. What is this craziness you're watching? Sorry, Jim. We had police talk. We had dog talk. We had Syria talk. Look, had... Michael's saying it's free will for dogs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Michael, for joining us. Um, all right. That's it. Oh, we didn't tell him about the Edify app, Schnugs. EDIFI.app. <laughs> Edify, the Christian Podcast Network. Remember, subscribe, download the app. There's a lot of cool content. Ignore the ones you don't like you can find some that you would including mm -hmm. ours so edifi.app thanks y'all and most importantly jim says <laughs> thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up jim we we really look forward to meeting you so yeah. i hope next month you two will come together it's it's very relaxed you can sit in the back i try to have good food we'd love to have you yes thanks and for joining us too. oh show all right my friends we love you guys god bless, god bless. take care